Hey everyone, and welcome back to Tales of Esperan. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's focused on telling fun, character-driven stories. Now, what does that mean? Well, to keep it simple, we sit down at our desks, log in online, and pretend to be someone we're not for a little while, all the while recording it to share with you. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. Follow along as our players pretend to be small-town adventurers, doing their best to put some good into the world. If that's not your thing, we also pretend to be wizard college dropouts who abandoned higher education to become pirates on the high seas aboard a ship called the Gilded Lily. That's our other show. We have two shows, each on the same feed that come out on alternating weeks, and they occur in the same canon. And yes, that was a really bad pun. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with. Oh, who am I kidding? It's Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Now, we loosely rely on this system to tell our own stories, independent of the lore and problematic content that comes out of the box with Dungeons & Dragons, especially in its own world lore. In short, this just means that we use the game system and some dice to decide what happens next to our characters. Not some story or some world that someone else has written for us. Now, normally, this is the spot where we would jump right into the story for you. But this week is a special bonus episode. Carolina and I were joined by special guest James D'Amato. Now, James came on the show to promote his new book that's going around that is filled with all these really awesome and wonderful world-building exercises to help, you know, storytellers like you. Build out your settings and make your world fun and fresh in ways that you wouldn't expect. If you want to get your hands on his Game Master's world building guide, you'll find a link in the episode description. I've always wanted Asperon to be a place full of stories touched by everyone, not just me. And being able to work with James and Carolina to make that more of a reality was an absolute pleasure. Let's roll some dice and find out what happens this week together. and welcome back to Tales of Asperon. You may have noticed the past couple weeks we've been doing some world building content to build up to this nice little bonus episode for you. I'm here with Carolina, the player of Ioana, the wizard barbarian, and we have a special guest here to do some world building content. James, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, heroes. Uh, I am very happy to be joining you for this. Uh, for those who don't recognize me, uh, I am James D'Amato. I'm the host of both the One Shot and Campaign Skyjacks podcasts. Uh, I'm also the author of the Ultimate RPG Guide series, which is a series of accessory books for role-playing games. Uh, and the one that we're kind of be exploring today, featuring today, is the Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide. And this book is essentially a 
collection of exercises and mini games that uh, help break down the process of world building different elements for your setting uh, to make it easier and more fun. And Carolina, you can do a little shout out. I mean, the cat's here at this point, but... (laughs) <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I, uh, like Mike said, I play Joanna on Tales of Asperon, and uh, that's where you can mainly find me. Uh, I also occasionally do uh, some maps, and uh, you can see my maps on Twitter, uh, where I go by at PowerWordFU. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in looking at some fantasy maps, uh, that is where you can see them. Awesome. Excellent. <laughs> I love. I will forever love that Twitter handle. It's the most powerful of words. <laughs> yeah. So James um, is here today. We're going to take do something fun and do a little bit of world building for each of our shows. Um, the main tales of Asperon feed and the Gilded Lily. Um, we're going to be taking a look through two games from James's world building guide and building something cool that you'll get to actually see the players' experience on the show. I am extremely excited about this. Um, since uh, the the first one uh, is going to be kind of a shorter exercise, I feel like we should start there. Um, and this would be for for your main show, because uh, I imagine the Gilded Lily is the the piracy themed show, yes. correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well named, aptly named. Thank you. So this exercise is called Quest Over Country. Um, And essentially, this is building a part of your setting that adventurers like wouldn't normally expect to visit. Uh, You know, this isn't like a big city where there are important political powers. Uh, This isn't like a sacred site, but maybe full of secrets and mysteries, or at least it's not one uh, that people think of that way. Uh, This is a place that really adventurers would only travel to if they were forced to, for whatever reason. But there is beauty and value in all things in the world, including small things. Uh, So what we're going to do is assign priorities to different aspects of a small place that adventurers would normally overlook or would normally be a destination in between destinations. And we'll build up uh, this small town to kind of reflect a unique experience that uh, your party might be able to find there. So based on that, uh, we have five categories, uh, and we're going to be ranking these categories uh, according to the priority that we're most interested uh, in them having. The first is beauty. That is really like kind of the aesthetic beauty of this town or place uh, that you'd be traveling to. You know, is it uh, a quaint little mountainside town with an amazing view, or is it in the middle of a huge dump? Uh, it's, it's kind of a decision that you'll be able to make. Uh, the next is culture, uh, which is, you know, how unique and interesting is the culture here is, are people, these people like, uh, into music, do they have robust festivals or is this kind of a place where scarcity is everywhere? So people don't really have time to engage with one another. Uh, Then amenities. Uh, This is one of the most useful things to adventuring parties. Uh, Is there a place where people are going to be able to get equipment? Um, Are there artisans here? Is there a nice place to stay? Um, After that, we have a more abstract category, and that's wisdom. Is there a lesson that party members can learn here? 
Um, are there things that we can like sort of set up uh, that might challenge the party in an interesting way? Um, uh, it could be, you know, they leave with a, a beautiful life-changing lesson. It could be uh, that they really don't have anything to discover here uh, in terms of their character. Or it could be that their ideals get challenged in a really terrible way and they walk <laughs> away feeling less sure of themselves. Finally, we have secrets. Uh, because it is such a fantasy trope for the unknown hero to emerge from a tiny small town. And that's because big secrets tend to find small places. So um, you can also uh, put a juicy secret in here. Ooh, okay. So, I don't know which one I'm most excited about, but they all sound very interesting. Yeah. So the like uh the way to think of this is what you are most excited about, you you will definitely want to rank that with top priority. Um bottom priority is actually going to create a challenge or problem for you. Ooh. Um so think about like what you're least excited about as being something in the middle. Um but like uh for things that you sort as the lowest priority, what do you want to be the challenge that you face? Hmm. I will say these episodes haven't been released yet, <laughs> um, but the current arc of the show, a lot of the characters are going to be put through. They're being put through the gauntlet of um, like character trauma. Mm -hmm. So wisdom is pro I probably don't want to weigh them down with, you know, another <laughs> emotional burden right after that. Like just the one, two punch. Perfect. I might destroy my players. <laughs> um, so <laughs> oh, no. for me personally, that's low priority. Carolina, what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I, I think that maybe this should land somewhere in the middle uh, because of that, mm -hmm. uh, because that means that it will neither be a very important aspect to focus on kind of on top, and it will not be the significant challenge. It will just be something that can happen, but not necessarily as the as the main part of what happens here. Mm -hmm. I, I would suggest uh, then slotting wisdom in at a three, because that, that, that feels good to me. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely feels very good. So if they want to they wanna dig more, it's there, but <laughs> they don't have to. And I guess that secrets would make sense to put it on one of the, either on the top or on the bottom. If, Mike, you're planning to, for example, begin seeding some content for future adventures, then uh, this, like you said, James, juicy secret to discover mm, yeah. would, be, would be a great place to put either on top or on the bottom of the list. A high priority secret could be world shaking. Mm -hmm. So think about that. So, uh, but also these secrets might never be discovered too. Yeah. So, so what I'm thinking of, um, at least what we have planned, they're going through this arc, through the like through this kind of corrupted woodlands, and when they make their way out the other side, they're going to be traveling to a city. So this will probably be a place in between where they currently are in the middle of nowhere to the city they're going to. And I think it might be interesting if. I love big secrets, um, especially when players stumble into them. But the idea of them stumbling into a juicy secret that's also a terrible problem. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just, they immediately get sidled with knowledge they shouldn't have and someone finds out later. Um, and then it's just like a thorn in their foot. Okay. So like maybe that being priority five, yeah. like a, like a, yeah. Okay. Cool. 
that absolutely makes sense. What about maybe putting amenities on top? Like maybe uh, this will be a tiny place in the middle of nowhere, but it has this one specific thing that only there you can get. It can be important for the players in the moment, but it can also be something that, uh, well, right now they don't need it. But there is this one very special thing about this place that you can get here, which may be very important in the future. What do you think, guys? I like that. All right. Yeah. Give that give that one of the top slots. Now yeah. we're left, it looks like, with beauty and culture, which would be two or four. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the idea. Um, you had mentioned like a town in a dump and just like this garbage town is kind of mm -hmm. appealing to me a lot. Um, just like a scrap heap of a place. Um, sounds wonderful. All right. Yeah. Priority four for beauty. That's great. And we have a two for culture. Yep. Two for culture. Two for culture. Okay. Ooh, this is going to be, this is going to be really fun. Okay. Um, so let's, let's start. I, I want to start with the priority five. I want to, and our priority five was a secret, right? Mm -hmm. Deep, dark, terrible secret. Okay. Oh, ooh, okay. This is even more fascinating. Uh, so this place has no secrets, but it is hungry for them. It will work to pull truths out of the PCs. Each player should reveal something, potentially something dangerous or uncomfortable about their character here. The danger that those secrets might one day be discovered now exists. Oh, I love this. <laughs> Oh man, I forgot uh, how that category shook out. Uh, so that is going to be super fun. They have like pockets and pockets full of secrets. This is wonderful. <laughs> but you were yeah. saying you don't want any more trauma and any more horrible well, players. <laughs> one of the thing, one of the things that I will say is that a secret getting out doesn't have to be a traumatic event like mm -hmm. actually right. carrying around the burden of all of the traumas that you go through as an adventurer like that can be the trauma in and of itself like getting some of these things out and especially if everyone is sharing something like this could bring the party together in a really fascinating way that I, I think will work well with some of the other stuff that this town is providing mm-hmm so th after that, it was uh, beauty is our priority for. Yes, the garbage pile. <laughs> uh, this place is ugly, possibly because potential beauty has been twisted by imperfection or fallen to decay. So I kind of think that that suggests to me that this place used to be nice, uh, but that was decades ago. Um, and now it's kind of living in a hollow shell of itself. Uh, if you look at sort of in, in the United States, we have a lot of towns uh, that used to be waypoints on road trips and whatnot that like since the dawn of air travel, uh, it hasn't they're, they're not as nice as they used to be. And also, like, especially in Pennsylvania, around the Rust Belt of the United States, yep. there are places in uh, this country that used to be incredibly wealthy because they were built up around industries yeah. that simply don't exist anymore. And so the towns have all of these gorgeous buildings in terrible disrepair because all of that wealth is gone. I've I've experienced those firsthand just driving through Pennsylvania, like up on my way to Chicago for family visits. And you just pass through these places that almost feel like ghost towns. Yeah. On the other side of the pond, uh, we have a situation <laughs> where uh, there are places that 
used to be important major centers of commerce and culture and uh, basically development of the for the entire region like in middle ages mm-hmm. but right now it's a like a tiny village where nothing happens there is literally a village um like maybe 40 50 kilometers away from where i live uh which has an oak grove surrounding an old wooden church um this oak grove those trees are not the original trees that used to grow there because they they there were oak trees there there was an oak grove in pagan times before christianity came to poland and uh the altar in the church the kind of block of wood that supports the altar was a fallen figure of a pagan god and they built a christian altar on top of it and this was (laughs) and this was a uh this was a important uh town in in this part of poland uh hundreds and hundreds of years ago and now it is a place where nobody goes there is no reason to go there and it has fallen into disrepair and and forgotten mostly by many people I, I, yeah, and I kind of like that for for the story arc of this location. The idea that this place used to be very nice, used to be very beautiful, and maybe you know some force came in and tried to capitalize on that beauty and did it cheaply, and then people lost interest. Decades passed, and now you have like this place that there's beauty underneath there, but there's all of this ugly, cheap nonsense kind of built up mm-hmm. on top of it. Um, yep. I think we'll we'll get a, a stronger idea of what that is as we go through. Now we have uh, hit our our middle point here, which was wisdom. Um, this place reinforces almost all of your PC's best assumptions. It underscores all the lessons your party has learned in the world outside. They will leave here feeling as though they are on the right path, but without answering any critical questions. Nice. Knowing so, all of the content that I have recording and hearing that sentence, it, it's one of those little things that just <laughs> all magically lines yeah, up. It all magically lines up. Well, yeah, especially describing the events that are leading up to this, like the idea that they just sort of like happen upon this kitschy little vacation town feels right. Mm-hmm. It feels kind of perfect. I have a one um, episode that is going to be like... Um, it's like the anime break episode. I just don't know what the theme of it is yet. So this little <laughs> town, oof, oof. I, 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 I am excited because we are now at culture, which culture, we got high rating on that. This is priority two. Um, so the prompt for that is, this is a community that cherishes something in a way that easily inspires joy. It's difficult for even for hardened travelers uh, not to get swept up in the festivities. Ooh. So. Yeah, there there is like a beating heart of joy uh, that kind of rests beneath this ugly surface. Uh, and the people here clearly are not conquered by whatever misfortunate yeah. circumstances. I think I have a fun little idea here. We could each put um, like write down one thing that like when you immediately think of it, it makes us happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Hmm. Any, any, would anyone want to like to go first? Or I could take a stab at it. <laughs> yes, I want to. Uh, things that uh, build community and inspire joy uh, is delicious, delicious food. Maybe there is some yeah. kind of a feast or celebration that involves uh, food, basically. And they have some kind of rich tradition. They make something there that is special only to them. Oh, I love that. Oh, 
stories storytelling yeah especially if we're trying to pull secrets out of the party oh that's a good pull through there is a thing that we could adapt uh this is one of my other shows campaign skyjacks we we uh built the setting around folklore and folk tales and and oral tradition and and storytelling is a huge part of both of those. One of the things that we set up uh, is a tradition uh, practiced by the captain of our ship, uh, Oromar Vale, came from a community that practices a tradition called the Grand Fire, where you are randomly assigned like a story to tell or a thing to do at the grand fire and everybody kind of appreciates that thing. And, and some of it can be like, you know, tell us a story of, of the great King of old or something like that. But it can also be, tell us a story about a lie that you told that is tearing you apart inside. Ooh, nice spicy stories. The idea that like they can get the party might get pulled into this community. That's like, yeah, now tell us about something awful that happened to you. Because that is what the tradition is. It's I, We're slowly building a vibe of this little town that holds the secrets of the world on their shoulders, but they're too happy to, to do anything about it, it feels. It's like it's like a little bit fey. Yeah, just a little bit. Let's turn to uh, the, the top, uh, which is a priority one is amenities. Let's see. This is a place of plenty and rarity. This place has everything the PCs need to feel comfortable and offers something truly unique that can't be found anywhere else. Um, so it kind of suggests to me, uh, like as we we're thinking of like things that, that make us happy and whatnot, that whatever amenity that exists here and literally nowhere else in the world kind of should back up this festival like this idea of you know making this delicious food and telling these delicious stories um i i kind of feel like there's something about what this place can offer physically or magically mm-hmm. that that allows that to happen mm-hmm. hmm. Hmm. so we have i mean there's tons of avenues to include it into this kind of feasting that occurs um it could be a food that they really you know that you can't find anywhere else um it could be hmm wait what if we what if we combine this with um uh, kind of what we have about the culture and um like reinforcing assumptions of the pcs and and confirming that they're on the right path uh and maybe this this thing that they offer that is unique is not really a thing. It's it's some kind of practice that they have, some kind of a ritual or um, or, or something that they can do for other people that uh, changes them in some way. And nobody else remembers this tradition or ritual or magic that they preserve here in this place. It lives here, still real and able to influence the world. Ooh, I I, love I have an idea. I don't know how um, magical your your approach to D&D is. Extremely. <laughs> so you're fine. <laughs> I mentioned earlier that this sounds a little fey, but what if these are fairies that like literally eat hardship and trauma? Like what if you this town isn't always here so it looks really old and ugly and weird and outdated because it is because it appears every 1000 years or something ludicrous Ooh. like that 
and you show up and they welcome you in and they have a big party and you eat all this food and this food compels you to like tell something awful that lives inside you and that is literally what they eat so they feed you and you feed them and you walk away having laid down some of your burdens i just want to say that the fact there's something magical about the fact that you said a thousand years because in an episode that has been released they are they have a kind of fae as their guide through this forest on a trail that's no longer tread and i'm not going to say why because there are listeners here but the face specifically said that the players are moving on a moving on a path that hasn't been tread for a millennia. I use those exact words. <laughs> That's yeah, and this is Ooh. going to reinforce all of like the things that are that are propelling them forwards. This kind of makes sense. I love it. I love Ooh. it. Yeah. Faye the devour hardship and trauma through the food what if we talked about like a ritual what if the ritual is like because they always say like there's something kind of magical about like being in a kitchen and making food with someone like you you kind of forge a connection with them maybe that there's something to that and there is also this element of uh like all sorts of folk tales and folk stories about not accepting the gifts of the fairies do not eat what they give you do not drink what mm-hmm. they give you and here actually it is reversed and uh, in this in this one place uh this offering is uh, is presented in a totally different spirit than you, normally it would be Carolina are you caught up on episodes no, I, I'm like two episodes behind on the main campaign. I, I haven't listened to the last two. The thing that you just brought up is a point of contention that has caused the party to split for oh, no. most of this arc. And it, it was all based on should we trust this Fae who's helping us and having them land in a place that will kind of challenge that assumption a little bit, but in a way that's nice and comfortable. Sounds very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. You get this little kind of semi-therapeutic uh, vacation town um, where they where they go through this. The other thing that I would like to add to the wrinkle here, because we did say that uh, the the secrets that they're getting, like they're, they're not going to be getting any good secrets or anything, but there is kind of a danger that their secrets are out there now maybe mm-hmm. a tiny like sousant of looming danger uh for, for them there so i do like the idea of displaying what that danger actually is through the festival itself too like them getting a a taste of somebody else's secret or something that is inconsequential and they only realize the significance of it Ooh. until like when they're in the middle of it and it's too late to stop i love that that's good. Like they get, maybe there's a, with there's somebody else here in town that they encounter that gives them a secret that's dangerous to hold. Um, ooh, I love this. And then more NPCs, which I'm always in favor of. <laughs> well, that sounds great. And that's basically the exercise uh, is we, we ranked those things. And now we have this beautiful, weird fae vacation village. I love where- it. They compel your secrets from you. It eats bad feelings. What can be yeah. wrong about that? It's literally a town of good vibes. <laughs> Bring your bad vibes, leave with good ones. I like it. Awesome. All right. So that brings us over to the more considerable exercise of five factions, where 
we define different factions that exist in the setting uh, that are defined by like their skill with or appreciation for certain qualities like like strength and study and whatnot. So you just build up like this kind of interlocking political landscape that's usually interesting for people to interact with. Um, there's also, if we wanted to keep it to like two shorter exercises, we could also do the prize, which is just an exercise to help create a treasure uh, for mm. like people. And like, you can really pop that anywhere. But yeah. for high seas piracy, I could see that being a fun thing. Oh yes, for sure. Especially so all the Carolina peek behind the screen. She, <laughs> we haven't gotten to this part of the story yet. Um, five, I think five factions or the prize could both of them work well. Um, there's a piece of the narrative we haven't gotten to yet where the pirates they're a part of are part of a larger faction and each faction has a bunch of captains under its reign. And that would be an interesting place for the five factions thing to sit, like different different groups of pirates under one umbrella and they all have different oh, values. That is an interest yeah that that could be an interesting cross-section for five factions i would be i'd be interested in exploring that if you wanted to open that up uh carolina which i know listen uh i've been running and playing adventures that i uh am fully aware of what's going to happen in the future uh as a forever dm occasionally a player so uh i'm i'm very familiar with the situation where i am not exactly surprised by some discoveries so i'm i'm happy to uh i i promise to i promise not let it ex uh, kind of influence how i how i play the game uh, even if i get to peek at some future content you're a stellar role player, so I trust you there. Thank you. <laughs> All right. This exercise, for the listener's benefit, is normally an exercise that pretty much goes through defining uh, different political forces in an area. Um, you know, it might be something that you use to build up. Well, what's what's the police force? What's the military? What's the uh, an important college or something like in a given location? Uh, but for the gilded lily gilded lily yes is that, that is correct i remembered it hey i remembered a name i love <laughs> it for for gilded lily we have the added wrinkle of we know that these are all going to be pirates mm -hmm. uh these are all going to be like either pirate captains and ships or collections of pirates of some kind uh within this uh particular pirate fleet um so part of the exercise like i, I think is going to be very interesting and i'm going to see how it works uh for this exercise i will need uh you to make dice rolls so Ooh. i'll want uh some d6s oh that's a nice dice box see. sorry listeners you don't get to see how cool it is and d6s yeah. looks like d6s. sixes how many of them um uh I, I think because there are two of you each just need one awesome okay. uh so i'll ask you each to roll a d6 folks and thanks for sticking around yeah i know this episode was a little bit on the shorter side but i have hold on 
I've just received this um, note from a scraggly looking individual sitting next to me at this creepy campfire. He's making eye contact with me and he won't stop. The note says, there's more coming? Oh, I know what he means. Playing Five Factions with James and Carolina was great, but that second exercise took us to almost the two hour mark. It was a lot of fun, but I didn't want to cram all that content into your ears in just one episode, because I know I'd be exhausted at the end. And that's just as a listener. The good news is you get another bonus episode next week where we dig into five factions and build five separate pirate factions for the Gilded Lily. In the meantime, if you're hungry for more, take some time to check out the OneShot Network. James has a lot of really cool stuff going on over there, and I know you'll love it. I personally listen to a handful of their shows, and my life's all the better for it. Again, don't forget to check out his book, The Game Master's World Building Guide, which is part of his Ultimate RPG book series. The link for that is in our episode description. Alrighty, I'll see you on Monday, where we're picking right back up with a Guild Lily, with the party planning their next move after Red's departure. Stay safe, and see you soon.